This is the Kirk Student Ministry Podcast, where we will discuss what is happening in youth culture today and apply biblical perspective to the questions that you, our listeners, may be asking as parents raising your youth in this culture. We will be seeking to answer the questions of our parents involved at the Kirk through gospel-centered conversations with experts in the field and application of useful resources. If you like what you hear, please remember to subscribe to this podcast or find any of our online resources at thekirk.org slash studentministry. Welcome, everybody, to our first uh, Kirk Student Ministry podcast. This is for parents. Um, we have in the room uh, the staff of the student ministry, which is myself, John Spencer, Jonathan J, Susan Needler, and Selena Dayu, who is losing it right now because she just loves being in a room with us. We're um, so excited. And, and you, you just missed um, Susan. Uh, you can't see this because it's a podcast, but you missed Susan, who was wearing Mickey Mouse gloves earlier, and we're very sad that she took them off. Um, Excellent. She, wardrobe change, she, but you know. yeah. Um, so we're, we're here today to kind of watch our podcast and we are here to talk about one thing and one thing alone, which is youth ministry. And we're here to talk about what does youth ministry mean or what does it mean to be a part of youth ministry? So you as parents who are hopefully listening to this might have this question, or maybe you have an idea in your mind of what youth ministry is. And we want to spend some time with some people that have done youth ministry for quite some time and have them describe either in their own experiences or the ways they've seen it be done in the past or what they hope it should be and have them kind of talk about what they think youth ministry is. So I'm going to start in the room um, by just opening it up for anybody that has any comments. How would you describe youth ministry or what we call student ministry? The name is ever changing. Um, But how would you describe what youth ministry is? Um, so I've had a, f- a little bit of time to think about this because John posed the question. Um, I think actually brought it up at our staff retreat and just time to think about it. Um, just thinking through the fact that this is a time in life where we get to be called to do ministry with people who are entering into a season that is so unique. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so distracted. We, we have kids in the room. Um, <laughs> My children are screaming in the background. Sorry. It's all right. Um, but truly entering into ministry with people who are entering into such a unique season of their life. And one word that kept coming up to me, which is funny that I'm even going to say this word because um, it's from a seminary class that Selena just took. And it's called disequilibrium. And it's just talking about how you can get so just mixed up and jumbled in and I think of how you're thinking through things of how like the way you view the world the way you view yourself that can get so jumbled and I think about that word for the students that we get to walk alongside of that they're entering into that and youth ministry student ministry we have the pleasure of walking into this alongside them and I I think about that um at being the grandma on staff I've gotten to do this for so many years, and most of it looks like entering into people's lives. It doesn't always look so neat and clean as we're just going to meet on Sundays or Wednesdays or do Sunday school together, but uh, it's actually walking in side by side with students as they enter into friendships, into relationships, into their life with God, into how do they think about sports, how do they think about calling, how do they think about graduating from high school, how do they think about what their friends are doing, Um, and it's such a unique 
place of ministry because we get to see all of life with them instead of just like since I've had a little ex- taste of women's ministry as well like it's it's broader than that it's a full life experience where we get to walk alongside them in a lot of that and think about how does Jesus affect the rest of their life in all those ways of friends job sports family etc so you called yourself the grandma of the ministry, um, and I'm assuming rightfully be- so. I'm assuming it's not necessarily an age thing, but because you've been doing it for a while. Um, and Susan is not that old, and but she has been doing it for a while. Is there anything that you've noticed in youth ministry over the years? And you've been at the Kirk for a while as well. So, yeah. like, how has it changed? Has youth ministry changed, and how it's done? And um, would you define it the same from day one to, to today? Yeah, that's a great question. I've been doing youth ministry since 2007. And um, I think the biggest change, I would say, has been availability of students. Like, I think culture has picked up so much and what's demanded on them. And some of that is because um, before St. Louis, I was in a more rural setting. So some of that is not comparing apples to apples. But um, I think the culture students are living in is so different now. They're not as available as they used to be, which can make our job hard. Um, just time with them, one-on-one time is so different, which is harder now. Um, which feeds into why our job is so important, because I think more is coming at them, which makes faith slip further and further down the list mm. of things they can give their time to and their yeah. thoughts to. Yeah. I've noticed that in, in the years that I've done it is, you know, faith has become less and less relevant to the yeah. other things yeah. uh, going on. Schedules are getting more full. Um, there are other things that seem to either equalize with faith or become more important with faith. And so uh, combating with the full schedule um, and not saying like it's either this or that, but saying this is really, really important and you can't do this without that. Mm. And so I feel like there's just been a big shift in, you know, how do we fit youth ministry into the already full schedules? Um, Absolutely. So I'm sure y'all have noticed that. Jonathan, you've been in youth ministry at, at least as long as Susan, um, mm-hmm. maybe longer. Um, would you agree with any of this? Are you, are, are you feeling... Um, what she's putting down. Yeah. Susan may or may not be older than me. <laughs> we'll never tell. <laughs> I'm sure there's records out there. But, uh, yeah, we've both been at it for a long time. We both grew up in the church and grew up going to youth, youth group. So I would first say my experience with youth ministry began as a middle schooler when I entered the, the room as a sixth grader for mm-hmm. Sunday school. And because of my experience, because my dad left our family at that time, for, for me, my first experience with youth ministry wasn't just, um, this is the age range I hang out with when I'm at the church. It, it more so for me was, this is a, an extension of, of the family. And so that, that was my experience um, because, of, because of the home life I was coming from. Um, but throughout... Throughout my experience at Youth Group, I found that even my friends from, from healthier homes, from two-parent homes, from affluent homes, from um, homes that also were very Christ-centered and rooted in Scripture, um, even, even them, uh, 
a lot of my friends came to youth group as uh, as an extension of the family, and so I think that was been that's been my experience, and that was in 1998, 1997 is when I first ex- was exposed to youth ministry. And you are old. Yeah, um, but because my mom and dad were also youth workers, I mean, when they, they did youth ministry as uh, as young adults, and um, and I, as a baby, I was taken to beach trips and mountain trips with my mom and dad. So I saw youth ministry also from from a child's perspective. Um, and then in high school, I got to serve the middle school um, as like a youth leader in high school and was trained by the youth workers there. And then when I got to college, I studied sociology at Covenant College and then minored in youth ministry because I just was so impacted by the way God used um, youth workers and, and really also my friend's parents just to pour into my life. Um, and so it, 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 when I got to college, it made me start thinking a little bit more about what it is versus just like, why is this so meaningful? I started asking the questions like, what is it about it that makes it meaningful? You know, kind of getting more specific. What are the nuts and bolts, <clears throat> excuse me, of youth ministry that make it um, so impactful um, for a young person? Because not everyone had the experience I did, so why did I have that experience, and why did a few of my friends have this experience? And so I um, started writing and reading a lot in college on youth culture, and so when I, when I think about your question, what is youth ministry, um, it, a lot of my thinking is rooted in, in those years in college, and I was just exploring that question. Um, one of the first things that I found is that you know, when we, we ask about what is youth ministry, we have to ask first, what is youth? And Throughout Scripture, it's pretty clear that the Bible's the Bible's reference for like age is children or adult. Um, there's a few references, like in the ESV translation, that that reference youth, but generally speaking, um, the Bible's talking about children or adult. Either you're a child and you need to learn to grow in the faith to become an adult Christian, or um, you're an adult who was once a child, and those are the two categories given in, given in Scripture and given throughout history as we look at historical documents. Um, there's a no, there's a notion of older children and there's a notion of a younger man or a younger woman, but um, uh, Savage, who's a guy who wrote a lot about youth culture as a sociologist that studied, um, he wrote a book and came out in 2007 that is basically um, about the creation of of teen, of the term teen, of teen culture, and he, he roots it a lot in the like the industrial revolution when all of a sudden machines came around and, and young people um, were removed from this apprentice role. They weren't really working with adults, and they were just roleless. And I ended up writing my my college thesis was a, was called the rolelessness of adolescence, uh, the the invention of of youth, and. Um, and basically what happened during that time is when all these products are being made, people are looking around trying to find someone to buy them. And these families started having more money and kids weren't working. And so what did they become? It became the consumers. And so as history shows over, over the course of the 20th century, um, more and more this youth culture um, developed as the buying culture. And, and it has kind of stayed that way. Um, they buy education, they buy sports, they buy stuff, and they buy music. And that's the, you can look at that positively and negatively, and we can talk about that all day long, but what that means for youth ministry is that 
the church had to respond to that. And we had to ask ourselves as the church, like, what are we going to do with this generation of, of people who aren't at home with their mom and dad um, being cared for in the home or are not at work? Um, they're in this in-between stage. And I'm a poster child of the latchkey kids. I mean, my mom worked and I came home and my sister and I were home alone most days of the week because my dad was gone. And so, and I had a lot of friends that way. And so what do we, what do, we do with this um, generation? Switchfoot, the band calls them the, the, lonely, the lonely nation of the world is this adolescent mm-hmm. nation. And, um, and so the church developed youth ministry. And all of a sudden, youth groups started happening. And people were trying to find a place to put these kids um, after school programs started. Things like Young Life started. And all of a sudden, the church started um, picking up on what, has been, what had been dropped um, in, in, in society at large. So youth ministry has a, is, is, a, is a little bit of a response to what's happened in, in history, but it's also in need because there's lots of young people who, who are now looking for direction. They're looking for what I call the threefold of discipleship, identity, belonging, and purpose. And um, youth ministry is serving to pinpoint this particular group um, for those purposes to find, to find identity, belonging, and purpose. Um, and I think about some scripture, too, because like what is youth ministry in the Bible? I mean, I think just generally speaking, youth ministry is um, what God commanded all parents to do um, and all of adult groups to do for young people and that is in Deuteronomy 6 to train them um, to love him as their as their God with all their heart soul mind and strength to love neighbor as herself and then Moses goes on and tell to tell the covenant community um, all the ways in which they should make sure this younger generation remembers that he is their God um, marking it on their doorpost and marking it on their fence putting it on the frontlets of their eyes it was so important for God's people to always pass down this message of love and care. And so, you know, in, in, in some ways, youth ministry is just like children's ministry. It's just like a specialized kind of children's ministry. Um, but because youth are becoming men and women, and I see the guys in my D group, for example, as young men, I can also talk to them about places in the New Testament when, when Paul's talking to um, to Timothy and he's telling him don't let people look down to you for your age you can actually start living like Christ now this isn't something for later this is something for now so there's like this remembering that God loves you no matter what and there's also this hey you can you can own this faith now you can step into an adult faith now um, so that's the unique thing about youth ministry is it does kind of straddle this um, this societal divide that we have in the world of looking at young kids who still have very childlike behaviors and, and helping helping parents, not anyone else, helping their parents navigate those waters so that they can become mature Christians. Mm-hmm. That's like a, in my you, thoughts. You, you said something, um, the role of the church in this and, and that the church saw that there was a need and that, that's really how like the Lord has moved the church and grown the church is that there's been needs within the culture and, and the church provides um, sustenance to it and um, how all these ministries have formed so there was a need for for these youth to to gather a need for youth to be places and a need for youth to be defined um, in their community and the church took action saying like we want to provide that space 
and thus youth ministry was born. How do, how do we minister to youth? Um, but you also talked about like the ever-changing um, identity of, of who youth is and how scripture talks about children and talks about adults, but not really about youth. And I, I would say it's, it's kind of interesting how like we were joking how the, the name youth changes, like it's youth ministry, it's uh, adolescence, it's student ministry. Like that name is changing because we still can't quite identify yeah. like who is this? Yeah. Is, it, is it a time of life? Is it specific age bracket? Is it specific grades? And mm-hmm. um, what happens when the whole education system changes, if it ever does? Mm-hmm. Um, does um, youth ministry change in that? And so how do we stay sustained to that? And um, I think you can provide some wisdom. Yeah, well, one other thing I, was, I forgot to mention that I wanted to mention is that in many ways, as I'm hearing you ask that question or, or, or approach this like nuanced thing about youth ministry is that in my studies in college, I realized that there's like a failure of rites of passage, especially in the West. And youth ministry is like, it's kind of it kind of serves as the way to promote or reemphasize or almost reintroduce this very historical thing of rites of passage. Um, so baptism, for example, is a rite of passage for covenant members to baptize for covenant children into the faith. But um, I think of of the newer tribe in Sudan. Um, once they think that you're allowed to be a, a man or a woman, they have different things for women, but uh, just talking to some of these guys who, who are men and have gone through this, this like ritual act, you go on this long hike and this, you go on this like long run and then you have to kill a certain amount of animals and provide a certain amount of food for your, for your village. And then they give you these really sharp stones and you have, to, you have to cut lines in your forehead. You can Google these images and see these people do this or the videos and see people do this. This meant now that you're a man. Yeah, there's no ambiguity anymore. You are now a man because you've gone through this mm-hmm. process. You've cut the lines in your head. And other cultures around the world have very similar rites of passage. But for, for young Christians, and I'm thinking even Jews, <laughs> um, even the Jewish community in St. Louis here, um, they have these bar mitzvahs or bat mitzvahs. Like, now I'm a, now I'm a man. Now I'm a woman. And it's, it's very helpful to have this moment, this season at least, of being able to recognize when you become of age, when you're allowed to start thinking your own um, your your own ways and have and claiming the faith in our in our um, in our context, so youth ministry actually gets to serve as a platform for rites of passage, um, bringing kids into the middle school group and saying, you know, you're on your way now to, mm. to claim the faith, and then graduating kids um, in in high school and sending them to college saying. You know, you were you were on your own now. You're not really on your own. God's with you, but you're going to go into these classes and you're going to go into these campuses and you have to start asking yourself and, and really wrestling on your own whether or not you're going to believe this this great gift that your parents and your church has given you all these years. Mm-hmm. So this youth ministry gets to serve as this platform for, for, for emphasizing the rites of passage that's kind of lost in the West. Yeah, not, I think what's sad about this for me is I didn't grow up going to youth group. I didn't have a youth ministry and yet here I am, you know, um, heavily involved, um, feeling called to do youth ministry for a lifetime. And so when you talk about these rites of passage, when you talk about this time of life where you, you are intentionally pursued by youth leaders, uh, alongside parents, alongside the church, um, I feel like I missed out because my middle school life, you know, I attended church, but it was so small. There was no like youth ministry per se. And, and then in high school, 
uh, when I came to faith, um, I was going to a large church, uh, and they had a youth group which was like a thousand kids, and I had I wanted nothing to do with it, and um, and so I I just went to church and I you know, listened to the sermons and participated in worship, and um, other than that, I didn't get this experience, uh, some part of this experience that Jonathan's talking about, and so. I feel really sad about that, and now even going through seminary, I had gone through seminary and realized I never had a true discipleship relationship in the way that we get to to disciple these students, and I lament that, and I realize that I missed out on a lot because of that, and so for me, not um, hearing what youth ministry is and experiencing it and, and trying to create this culture of youth ministry at the Kirk... Um, I, I'm almost creating it because I wish I had it when I was that age. Yeah. Um, and it's like helping students and even parents realize this is really, really important in development of your faith. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like we should open up the youth ministry to anybody who's in that phase of spiritual life. Mm-hmm. They're in the youth <laughs> phase yeah. of spiritual life that may mean you're you're 85 <laughs> uh that may mean you're eight um or you may be 18 i, I it's 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 amazing um what is happening um in youth culture uh, but also in youth ministry and how we can facilitate that but um selena i'm i cannot remember if you grew up going to a formal youth group or a part of youth ministry you've been a part of you know church life for a while in very different avenues Mm -hmm. um but tell us your experience what was it like um for you how would you see a difference you know coming um to the kirk and working selena is very new to working in youth ministry but not as new um to understanding ministry and she is our our lady of wisdom um she's a very wise woman so we want to give her some space to really talk about how she has been experiencing youth ministry uh, in this context thanks john um i didn't grow up in a very formal youth ministry um similar to you i um had really really good parents and i attribute any um stewarding of my youth well um, to the grace of God and their really good parenting. But similar to you, I didn't have any formal intentional discipleship until I came to St. Louis at like 21 years old, um, outside of my family. Um, So yeah, the way we do youth ministry, or I think actually what youth ministry is, is really dear to my heart, partly like you were saying, John, because I think um, as a staff, I see what we long to give to our students. And I think about myself being a middle schooler or a high school age student and imagining um, someone who was similar to us when I was a kid, loving on me the way we attempt to love on students and just how transformative and healing um, that would have been. Um, I think the Lord has kept me, although I haven't grown up in a student ministry similar to ours, but I think that isn't the case for everyone. I think people come from a lot of different family backgrounds and um, or just have personal struggles that um, really make it necessary 
to have something like what we give them in our student ministry. Um, and so when I think of student ministry, I really, I was trying to think of like a very like concise definition, but um, I think I, when I hear student ministry, I think of very practical things like helping a student um, know what it looks like to love their parents, even though at that stage in their life, all they want to do is be frustrated with them um, a lot of the time or not understand why they can't do something. Or I think student ministry is challenging a student to deal with conflict with their best friend, even though it feels really uncomfortable and awkward and no one has ever modeled for them what loving um, reconciliation looks like. Um, I think student ministry is a really wide variety of things. I think it's challenging. I think it's fun. Um, I think it's a place where you can feel loved in a way that maybe you aren't receiving love in any area of your life. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's discipleship. Um, I think when I think ministry in general, I think discipleship. So, um, and I think student ministry is just discipleship specifically to students. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think it's discipling students to be disciples for the sake of making disciples. Um, and I think from like our seat, student ministry how we are involved in it is an absolute privilege. Um, I think that you're, you're ministering to people who are in like this really vulnerable place of finding out like who they are, what they want, what they like, what they don't want, who they want to be, how they want to conduct themselves. And, um, when they give you the right to speak into their life, it is really, it is something really special um, and I think that students as well have an impact on us as leaders and staff in ministering to them also ministers to us and I think I think that is a picture of the body of Christ that is really sweet and I've had girls who um, I've gotten to pour into and develop relationship with and challenge them and now some of them are in college and they're challenging me. Um, and that's just a really sweet way to see fruit in something you're pouring your heart into. Um, and I think it's just crucial. I think youth ministry is like one of the most crucial ministries in the church because it is so, it's a time for such transformation um, and you're essentially ministering to people are about to go off and decide the decisions they make within the next five years after high school essentially decide the next 40 years of their life um, and having an impact in what decisions they're going to make feels like a really big privilege and it's really sensitive like it's there's a lot to take care of in that responsibility um, so. yeah you said something um about you know being let in and being a part of a student's life is so rewarding and so fruitful it feels 
it's just incredible. And what's incredible about youth ministry is we get to be a part of these kids' lives in their most closed-off stage of life. Um, they're, they're no longer children who are just, you know, most of us in the room have small children who, who will openly talk about everything and way too much. There's no filter. Um, and, and then you go into youth, and it's everything begins to shut off for the first time in their life. So I need to be protective about what I say. And where there's these moments where we as youth workers get to hear something about their life that nobody else has ever heard. Um, and for us as youth workers, what's so great and what we love to do as well is to go and say to that student, have you talked to your parents about this? Mm-hmm. Um, and us in the Kirk Student Ministry, we're advocates of this is not us alone. We're not on an island with these students, mm-hmm. but we are part of the world and we're part of the our community in advocating for um, these students to have relationships, not only with us, but to say like, your relationship with your parent is so, Mm -hmm. so important. Mm -hmm. And so by opening up with us starts the process of opening up with parents and developing good relationships. Um, That is one thing I love as well, is just Mm -hmm. hearing something because they are kids of some parents and um, a lot of who they are is really reflective of who their parents are because at that moment we start to know their family. So mm-hmm. it's just the, the, the inlet into knowing so many more people mm-hmm. and so many more ways in the way that God intended us to be known and to be vulnerable. Um, and it's hard to do, but we love to do it. Yeah, and um, I, think, I think those moments are probably some of the sweetest mm-hmm. in our job. Yeah. Um, especially because, like you said, you know, childhood, you know, I think sometimes if I could love like a three or four year old does, like I'd be loving like God created me too. You know, like they run up to you, they're super vulnerable in how they feel about you. They're very expressive. If they're hurt, they say it. And yeah, like the older kids get, they've learned coping. They've learned like self-protective skills. And so in our job, there's a lot of kind of proving our trustworthiness and proving our love for them and sometimes it takes a lot of time to be present to just keep showing up with them to have fun with them and then and even you can discern something's maybe going on with them and you ask and you you're trying to know how much to push you know and sometimes it's a month sometimes it's like a year sometimes it it varies, but then you get that text from a student or that call because something has happened in their life or something's been going on and they didn't know who to call, but they thought of you first. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, thank you, Lord. Like, that is mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. sweet. Thank you for mm-hmm. thank you for just being faithful um, and allowing us as leaders to be a place where we get to point that student to what is God glorifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's sweet. It really is life giving. That's one of my favorite things about what we do. Well, we're running out of time. Uh, I do want to open it up for anybody else that just has anything lingering um, to say um, about youth ministry, the changes in youth ministry, where you hope it goes. Um, there they're in deep thought. Um, so. Well, I mean, one, one of the things we said, John, and, and Selena just added to it, like, a, a good term for a youth worker is that we're like cultural brokers. 
between mm-hmm. kids and parents, you know, because um, especially now that I'm a dad, I'm realizing I don't read about the, um, the, the impact of parents. Um, even though my dad had left, he was still with me in those formative years, and it was my mom who continued to, to bring the faith to me, to show me Jesus. Um, but I loved how you said, like, we're just, we're working with these young people um, to, to help bridge that gap back to their parents, because we, we have, we're with them just a little bit of time, you know. Um, some, some students were working with others, but we have such a small window of impact that in those small windows, we're actually trying to do a whole lot. And yeah. most of what we're doing is just try to re-emphasize and re-encourage and, and empower those relationships with their parents. Because um, that's really where youth ministry yeah. starts and ends, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is, is with parents. Because that's where Jesus came. You know, Jesus, God sent Jesus. The Father sent Jesus into the world. Mm. And it's parents who send their kids into the world. And I think that's just, there's there's... There's a theme that we follow there as, as believers. Um, so at the, at the core of discipleship is just looking at the, at the relationship between the Father and the Son. And so asking ourselves, how can we imitate that? How can we imitate the way that they do it? Well, this has um, been great. Uh, I'm glad we finally kicked this off. It's been a long time coming. Uh, this is uh, called Student Ministry for Parents uh, because this is for our parents that are, are have kids involved in the Kirk Student Ministry or involved in student ministry in general or wondering what student ministry is this is for you uh, and we are so excited to kind of get these things going uh, where we're going to ask one question a month uh, and try to to facilitate good conversation with it whether it's with the staff here uh, or individuals or experts in the field um, and try to provide just gospel-centered conversations with biblical perspective of the questions you may be having as a parent who is trying to navigate your child going through student student ministry and why they're a part of it so thank you all for listening and uh, we hope that you tune in uh, every month as we publish this um, this is our first one so thank you all for for listening.